0: Let's get started. In today's podcast, you'll hear the audio version of our webinar that we held recently called Managing Your Keg Fleet, Finding the Hidden Costs and Opportunities, topics that we cover, why CFOs and finance teams care about tracking kegs, and we could expand that to why brewery owners would care, why general managers, why sales managers. It's really important to the entirety of our operations to properly track and manage those kegs we'll talk about keg lease versus buy basics how to look at the finances behind that the economics of those options We'll talk about tactics and tools that you can use to forecast your keg needs and then we'll do an overview of a software product called keg Shoe, which can help track monitor and manage your keg fleet so for now please enjoy the audio version of our webinar that we held recently on managing your keg fleet, finding the hidden costs and opportunities. Just a quick word from today's sponsor, Arrived. Craft beer knows firsthand that the best ingredient is love. Arrived point of sale combines industry expertise, essential taproom tools, and a whole lot of love to make running your brewery even easier. Scale faster with Arrived's mobile all-in-one system that offers flight tools, digital card on file, and award-winning customer support. New customers get 10% off hardware or other startup costs when you visit. So just visit arrive.com slash craftbreweryfinance. That's A-R-R-Y-V-E-D dot com forward slash craftbreweryfinance. Launch with Arrive before August 1st, 2023 to claim your 10% off. And you can learn more at arrive.com slash craftbreweryfinance. So good afternoon, everybody, and thanks for joining us here for our webinar. Today, we're going to talk about kegs. We talk about managing your keg fleet, the hidden costs and opportunities. So uh, there's a lot, I think, to go through here. I'm going to share a little bit of my experience. Um, and then we're joined by Adrian from KegShoe. We're going to have Torrent as well, but unfortunately, Torrent has has come down with a, a nasty bug, so he's not going to be able to join us, but we're we're grateful for Adrian for joining today. Uh, so as far as um, housekeeping items, we'd love questions. We have a relatively small crew here today. So if you guys want to ask questions at any time, um, we encourage you to do so. Don't don't worry about interrupting if I'm chatting away or Adrian. I think we really want to just hear from you in terms of what's important, what's on your mind. You know, we're going to go through the slide deck. We're going to you know kind of show you what uh, keg shoe looks like and talk about kind of the important factors Um, regarding keg management but very important uh, that this is your time so if you have questions just unmute uh, show your pretty face and uh, and ask your question we'd love to do that if you don't want to do those things we do have a chat area so we encourage you to do that Uh, if you have questions that come up after the fact um, you know on this topic or any other you know happy to I love getting questions from folks it's how I learn you know what's important so, you can reach me at any time here, carrie at beerbusinessfinance.com. Adrian's email is adrian at uh, We will have uh, replays available. As I mentioned, we're recording this. Uh, at the conclusion of our webinar, you will get information on how to access um, the replay and feel free to share with your team as you see fit. We'll also send the presentation deck that we're going to go over today. Um, and I believe we have some materials relative to uh, case studies and whatnot. I also have a little calculator. I'll send you in terms of how I've looked at sort of the lease versus buy question. Uh, it's a spreadsheet. So, any opportunity I have to uh, send a spreadsheet around, I uh, I take advantage of that. So this is me. I'm Carrie Shumway, CPA, CFO, numbers guy, spreadsheet guy. Um, I'm a partner and CFO for Warmtown Brewery in Worcester, Massachusetts, and I spent 15 years for a beer distributor. Uh, so I, I understand, uh, you know, the issue of kegs and you know how challenging it is from from all perspectives, um, but particularly from the perspective of a brewery. So that's what we'll kind of kind of dig in on. Uh, I have founded Craft Brewery Financial Training, really to kind of share what I've learned over the years. I made a lot of mistakes, figured a few things out, uh, learning every day, and hopefully sharing with you guys. So. You can kind of shorten the learning curve and get to be a financially successful business. And again, I'm Carrie at BeerBusinessfinance.com. If you have uh, questions, we'd love to hear them. Um, Adrian, why don't you tell the folks a bit about yourself and a bit about Cakeshoe? Yeah, of course. Thank you, Carrie.
1: Uh yeah, so like Gary mentioned, unfortunately, Torin is a bit ill today. Um, but uh yeah. That's uh, the photos of uh, myself and Torin, that's what he would look like if he were on the call right now. Um, We're co-founders of K2. We started Keikshu together uh, a few years back um, in Ottawa, and now we're in different parts of Canada. Uh, We have a small remote team across the country. Um, I'm based in Toronto, and Torin is based in Vancouver, so east and west coast. We've been working with beer or logistics in some way, shape, or form, uh, combined for a bit over 15 years. Um, Yeah, a bit through Cake Shoe. I was working through um, in the beer industry before that as well on on the design side. Um, So it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure uh, to actually work with breweries. Right now with Cake Shoe, we work with a few hundred breweries from all around the world. And so uh, helping breweries uh, yeah with the logistics and and specifically on on cake tracking has been a joy. Um yeah, but outside of that, we've, we've also worked uh, in, in other roles. Uh, myself, I've worked uh, in Europe and Berlin and Germany. I was lucky enough to yeah, to go to the beer mecca that is Germany um, and live there for a few years, uh, which was great, and working on tech products there. So uh, beer and tech
0: uh, is sort of what we live for. That's good stuff. You're beer and tech, I'm beer and numbers. So a little something for everyone here today. So here's what we're going to cover. We're going to talk about, you know, why CFOs and finance teams care about tracking kegs, and that certainly could be expanded to be, you know, why brewery owners care about it, why general managers care about it, why sales managers care about it, why admin team. Because frankly, you know, this is a key component of our business. You know, this is the vessel in which we send out to the world with our beer, and we need to have we need to have enough vessels. We need to know where they are. We need to manage them properly. You know, I started out as a CPA, and we would go to different businesses. And one of the tenets of um, you know good financial practices is safeguarding your assets. Uh, so, so assets might be you know if you're a construction company, your assets are all the you know the heavy equipment. If you're a brewery, you know your assets are a lot of stainless steel, um, not the least of which is are your cakes And we 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 joke, but it's not really a funny joke. It's like kegs have legs. You know, they just have this tendency to disappear. It's remarkable. You send them outside of your brewery walls and it's like, you know, I don't know if I'll ever see you again. So it's, it's a challenge, you know, and really the keys are, you got to have a, have a good system to track those things uh, and ultimately so you can safeguard your assets. Cause if you don't, it, it really does have a big impact on your on your financial outcomes. So we'll talk a bit about a bit more about that keg lease versus buy basic. So this is a question that is specific to, to kegs for today, but it's really transcends. It's really how you want to think about, you know, kind of any financial tra- transaction that that uh, involves assets. You know, do you want to lease it or do you want to buy it? And how do you kind of make that decision? And, you know, what are the economics of that? So there's financial questions, there's operational questions. Um, I'll just, you know, spoil alert for me, I'm a big fan of just buying your kegs. I mean, it's a challenge if you don't have the capital, and I understand that. But, you know, the long-term economics of it are if you buy your kegs and you've got a good system to, to know where they are, to manage them, uh, to count them, safeguard them, uh, that's just simply the best um, financial approach that you can take, my experience, my opinion. Um and then Adrian, I'm going to take those two first two bullet points, and Adrian's going to talk about some tactics and tools that you can use to forecast your keg needs. Super important, you know, if you're a brewery that's sort of like, okay, we're growing, um, or maybe we're getting into distribution, either through wholesale or self-distribution, super important to, you know, forecast what you're going to need. And, you know, we do that for raw materials, packaging materials, and the beer that we're going to put out there. And, you know, the key, the, the correlation is we got to do it for our kegs as well. And it might not be as easy, but some tools on that. And then how to track, monitor, and manage your keg fleet, obviously super important. Um, to do that because these things do uh do tend to get lost really quick. So I think hopefully some good stuff for people to to take away here. So digging in a little bit more about, you know, I, I guess the, the essential question is like, why would you care about this? One of the things that I think is interesting is, and I work with a lot of breweries, um, mainly on financial planning. Some breweries come in and say, you know, I'm I'm losing money, I need to stop doing that. How do I? And so we'll go through a process together. Um, and there's the usual suspects, right? There's generally a, a handful of things you you can do quickly. Um, but, and then there's some other things that might not be as obvious. And frankly, one of those things is keg management. Because uh, what I see a lot of times is those kegs that we think we have, those assets we think we we don't have them anymore. We just don't even know where they are. And, and the sad reality is they're not coming back. Um, and that's going to be a big, you know, hit to the finances, depending on the, um, you know, the amount of cakes that have have kind of gone off and wandered into the wilderness, never to return. So there's big dollars at stake, really. Um, so that's aspect number one is just sort of kind of emphasizing the need to safeguard our assets. Uh, yeah, it's crucial. Really to maintain the uh, proper quantities to service the market, you know, as one of the things, particularly if you're if you're self-distributing in at wholesale, well even in the tap room, is you know yeah, horas sure. en juego. Hey, uh Valentine, if that's you if you can hear me, maybe mute because you're you're unmuted right now. Um so we want to maintain proper quantities so that we can properly service the market. So especially if you're working with a wholesaler um you know, one of the things that's super important is that, you know, when they place orders, you know, they need to get the beer. We need to make sure we have the proper number of vessels in order to, you know, adequately fulfill that order. Uh, so that's from a sales perspective. You know, we want to make sure we're not missing out on on sales. It sounds obvious, but you know, it's one of the parts of the of the planning process. As I've already mentioned, these kegs are very susceptible to theft or loss. The other thing is they're susceptible to going out. And maybe they do come back, but they come back six months, you know eight months. Where were these things? And then, you know, that creates an issue as far as the turnover and the amount of, you know, kegs that you're gonna need to have on hand in order to service the market. One of the biggest issues, and I would challenge everybody on the call here to look at this afterwards. look at your balance sheet. and if you own your own kegs, one of the line items is, essentially that asset. What have you purchased for kegs over the years? What's the value of those kegs in your balance sheet? What's the quantity of those kegs? And then the challenge is, you know, can you actually locate those kegs themselves? Do you know where they are? Uh, Because they live in lots of different places. So they'll be in your brewery. uh, They may be in your tap room. Uh, They may be full or empty. Uh, They may be in transit. They may be out at a retail account. They may be at a wholesale. So there's so many play. So that's like, wow, they're scattered here, here, there, and everywhere. Um so those errors occur not only frequently, but almost all the time. So the system here really is to count them on a regular basis um, and have a good process to kind of control the coming and going. So you know when they come in, when they go out, where they are, how long they're there for, so that you can really manage the um that important asset. So I've, I've used this term before the fatal flaw with keg management and really the fatal flaw from a brewery's perspective is that you're kind of the one that's left holding the bag with kegs as it relates to dollars. So you're you're if you're buying these kegs essentially you're you know you're you're outlaying the cash. Whatever you paid for them, 100 bucks, 150, 200 bucks. Um and you're Likely charging, almost everyone's charging a deposit of some kind. So that's great. So you send your keg to the wholesaler. Let's just say it's a two hundred dollar keg, and you get a deposit of, let's say, forty bucks, fifty bucks. Good, you get forty or fifty bucks. The wholesaler's paying you that, right? Then the wholesaler sells it to the retailer. Now the retailer's got to pay the wholesaler that forty or fifty bucks, so they're made whole, they're all set. The retailer is making so much money on that keg, they almost they care about the deposit, but not really. Um, so there's really not a great deal of incentive for the retailer to send it back to the wholesaler. There's no incentive for the wholesaler to send it back to you, really, because they've already collected their money. Uh, and then the net, if you follow the money on that, is you're, you're out somewhere between, you know, 50 and $150. So the numbers are going to vary. Um, that concept is going to vary because there are, you know, very uh, conscientious folks out there. But, you know, the reality is that you're the one, the brewery owner... Uh, that's going to kind of get stuck holding the bag here. I've seen it time and again. So we really want to treat those kegs like inventory, or even more importantly, really like these are these are dollars. Uh, or, or we have to be prepared to lose a lot of money. And I often say, like, you know, there's no way we would ever like lend out a uh, a bright tank. You know, let's see if it comes back, you know, because it's so much money. But we do it all the time with kegs. So we really want to make sure, again, that we have a good system uh, to track those because. That You know, they say that if it rhymes, it's true, right? So kegs have legs and they do, they take off. So lease versus buy basics. So this is, you know, I say basics, it's not always that basic because there's a lot of moving parts. I think there's uh, considerations from an economic standpoint, but also an operational standpoint. Some of it's philosophical too. I think one of the the overlooked aspects of lease versus buy is, um, you know, what is the convenience factor and what are you willing to pay for Because I, I think there's an element of convenience with a lease scenario. Um, you don't have to work. You know, in some cases, the way you structure it, you just don't have to worry about it. Um, however, as I said at the top, I think the economics of it are pretty heavily in favor of buying your own kegs and having a system to manage it is the more financially efficient way to go. Uh, but it does require that you do you know, certain things to make sure you keep in track. So as I said, I'll send around a little calculator that I have that you can kind of plug in some numbers. So if you're like, all right, we some have a mixed fleet. You know, you buy some kegs, maybe you lease some, maybe you're transitioning to one or the other. Um, but really understanding the economics of your options um, and how that ultimately affects the bottom line. Because, again, if you're kind of trying to find ways, levers you can pull to improve either cash flow or profitability, your financial results, or even just the operations of how you you run your business Uh, it's kind of important to know all the components so so this may help you kind of pull those those pieces together and and really get a a better visibility on what it all costs Um, so with that adrian i'll turn it over to you for uh, what data matters to your brewery
2: yeah yeah thanks Gary.
1: um honestly i think uh building off of uh, a lot of things that you said uh, in addition to the finance side, there's a lot of reasons why even knowing what's going on with your kegs, regardless of if you lease them or buy them, um, is pretty important. Uh, so just for understanding the state of your keg fleet, you can imagine starting off with, let's say you're doing a, you're, you're planning a production run or a fill, you need to know how many clean kegs you have. Uh, and <laughs> And some breweries sometimes you're small enough where you can just look over and see uh, you're, you might have like a clean keg corner. Uh, or a dirty keg corner, and then you can already start figuring out, okay, it's time to clean these dirty kegs, uh, or maybe there's kegs that need to be maintained or, or need to be fixed up. Uh, I can tell you uh, it makes your life a lot easier if you're able to just pull up uh, pull up software and and see, okay, or we have enough uh, capacity to do with this next run. Uh, same thing goes when you're trying to plan uh, sales, especially uh, draft and and trying to figure out what your logistics currently looks like, knowing where your kegs are moving is a fairly uh, good barometer for how your draft sales uh, and draft logistics operations are actually running. Um, When it comes to actual account and distributor relationships, knowing which kegs are uh, actually at uh, each of the accounts or each of, if you have a wholesaler, Making sure that they have product that is sellable, that isn't too old, knowing when you filled a keg and being able to track that down to the keg level. And let's say a uh, uh, one of the licensees calls you up and says, hey, this keg that I'm getting, uh, I just tapped it and it's just pouring foam. Uh, maybe that keg uh, has been out for way too long. Maybe, uh, you know, something happened along the way. And it's a lot easier to diagnose that if you're able to track that on a per keg basis. Uh, And then the key thing and the sort of the the no brainer is is making sure that you're able to retain kegs. So uh, if you think of a average, uh, let's say retention rate of uh, 98% per cycle, per delivery cycle, uh, and you factor that in across all of your delivery cycles throughout the entire year for every single keg, what the industry has seen is an uh, annual loss rate from, from their keg fleet of around five to 10 percent and usually the breweries that we speak with are right within that range usually somewhere in the middle around seven and a half percent per year so for every 200 kegs you're buying uh then by the end of the year you're probably uh down 14 kegs um so just something to to keep in mind that uh and that's just without any any systems in place and so yeah uh like like Carrie was saying, it, it really is sort of just leaving money at, at the table. Um, in addition to that, a lot of regions, like for example, in Canada, uh, uh, track and trace compliance is actually required. So being able to track uh, the inventory that you're selling, including draft inventory from the moment you're filling it. Uh, so from production all the way to the final consumption stage. So that could be at, at the bar. So if, uh, you know, God forbid, there's a recall that you need to do, Uh, on a specific batch, you should be able to have the confidence to call up the licensees uh, that might be affected and say, hey, kegs one, two, and three need to be set aside. We can't
2: sell it anymore. Uh,
1: Similarly, when it comes to uh, optimizing your fleet size, uh, and again, regardless of whether you uh, lease or buy, uh, oftentimes, if you look at the data as your kegs are moving around, you'll be able to tell well in advance whether you need new kegs, uh, or whether you're uh, actually doing okay, and maybe you can sell kegs and actually free up some some capital. Uh, you've probably heard the story or felt the pain time and time again, and we speak to so many breweries that go through this, where buying kegs ends up being a scramble, because you look at uh, the fleet that you have, maybe you did an audit at the beginning of the year, you're missing hundreds of kegs, and you realize that you really need to buy <laughs> kegs, and you need to buy them quick. Uh, and so there might be uh, an additional cost involved. Also, also the cost of uh, sure. deal right now is sort of through the roof. Um, so it's just another another element to, to have that peace of mind. Um, and of course, kegs, especially stainless, uh, you know, meant to last a very long time, twenty plus years. Uh, and just like with anything else that's supposed to last a long time, one of course it's important not to lose it, but two, it's important to make sure that you're actually maintaining it. So doing the washes regularly. Uh, any repairs that are necessary and actually being able to keep track of the maintenance. And so yeah, all that sort of matters regardless of how you own your kegs uh, or lease it and and whether you do self distro or you work with uh, third party
2: distributions.
1: Yeah, and there are a few ways to actually track um, on our manager fleet. So uh, we've seen everything from spreadsheets to, to um, whiteboards to, Uh, you know, Sharpies on kegs. Uh, Some ERPs have uh, some uh, limited keg tracking built in uh, as well. Uh, And then there are dedicated keg tracking uh, solutions. Um, And when we built KegShoe, we decided uh, to look at the dedicated keg tracking solutions um, for a variety of reasons, some of which you'll see uh, when I show you sort of what the software looks like. But within dedicated keg tracking solutions, there's actually a few uh, Sub options there's and uh, you've probably seen these if, if you've done any research within it. Uh, there's uh, barcode tracking or QR code tracking. Uh, there's IoT uh, sensors uh, which even provide uh, can provide like location data, uh, temperature data, and more. Um, and then there's RFID. Uh, all have pros and cons. Um, when we started, uh, yeah, around seven years ago, we saw that. QR code tracking was uh, the one that provided the highest ROI for breweries. We're just trying to track and, and manage their, their fleet. Um, it's easy to apply. You don't need to buy additional uh, barcode scanners or not, not barcode scanners, but RFID scanners, which can be very, uh, very cost prohibitive, especially if you're trying to, if you're doing self-distro and you need all of your delivery drivers to have one of these RFID scanners, um, more expensive to outfit, uh, outfit your kegs, etc. Um, so variety of solutions out there, and of course, uh, feel free to, to research all the options available. Um, but yes, of course, full disclosure is <laughs> what we realized when we were building ours was uh, we
2: we thought that QR code uh, tracking was sort of the, the best option out there. And um, yeah, so actually, I'll walk you through uh, very quickly sort of what a cake
1: tracking software like keg shoe uh, looks like. so I'll actually walk you through some of keg shoe. Um, ours uses, like I mentioned, QR code. Uh, so the way it works is, let's say you have a fleet of 800 kegs, we'll actually send you 800 barcodes. Uh, the barcodes we've tested against heat, cold, caustics, anything that a keg goes through. Uh, so they're quite durable. We've had uh, labels out uh, in in, uh, in the world. Uh, yeah, steel on steel for, uh, you know, over half of a decade, and then they're still still thriving. Um, the other benefit for uh, the uh, QR codes, now that we've, uh, yeah, we're have we fully utilizing QR codes now, is that they also act as virtual keg callers. So they can be scanned by any phone. So if somebody finds your keg and we get a phone call about every week from uh, some person in the middle of Iowa who has found a keg from uh, one of those breweries that uses kegs so and like, hey, we'd love to give this keg back. And we're always happy to hear that. What's nice with the QR codes, they can scan it, they can see who the keg belongs to, uh, and they can see even uh, what beer and batch is inside. So I mentioned earlier from the um, compliance side, if any of your licensees need to see that information, um, it acts like that virtual keg color. So, Carrie, um, if it's okay, I'll actually share my screen. Yep, you should yeah. be able to go ahead and
2: do that. Perfect. Okay. Oh, I gotta stop. Yeah, I'll stop and then you start. Okay. Here we go. Great. So let me go ahead and share my screen. Cool.
0: And I'll just jump in real quick. If anybody's got questions, just to kind of repeat, we'd love to hear it. Um, I know we're kind of covering a lot of different different topics here, and, and as it relates to keg management. But uh, feel free to unmute at any time or drop in the chat and uh,
2: and jump in with your questions. Thanks. Yeah.
1: Yeah, likewise, even as I'm going through this, any questions, feel free to interrupt. Uh, so any question is a good question. So here what I've done, um, like I mentioned with Kegchu, uh we uh, send the breweries uh, labels for their kegs. Uh, they affix the labels to, to the kegs themselves. All the scanning happens through a mobile app. So we have apps for iOS and Android. And what I'm showing you here is the web dashboard. So when you're going in and you want to see all the information about the inventory, uh, you can see that right from here. And so this is one of our demo breweries uh, based out of Portland. Um, I don't know if anyone on the calls from uh, from the West Coast, but yeah, Portland, highest uh, number of breweries per capita in the world. So we we love we love that. Um, here, this is an example of a brewery. They have around 2,000 kegs. Very quickly, you can see uh, sort of the state of their fleet, right? So how many of your kegs are dirty? How many are clean Are um, filled or maybe at a customer? How many require maintenance, et cetera? And you can also see the kind of information that's stored. So storage locations, that's anywhere you would keep your kegs. Uh, it could be cold rooms, uh, storage facilities. Uh, can be, yeah, third-party storage as well. There's uh, customer locations anywhere where the kegs go on tap. So restaurants, pubs, this includes any tap rooms. Um, the kinds of container sizes or, or keg sizes that you have, quarter barrels, half barrels, etc. And then, of course, uh, the beers that you make and, and the kegs uh, that sort of take the beer as well.
0: And if they had um, working with wholesalers, would that just go under uh, a storage location or where, where might that go?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it depends if, yeah, if you're working uh, with wholesalers, uh, if the wholesaler and we do have some wholesalers who actually uh, do scanning, uh, in which case they would just be a storage location um, because they're able to scan that last mile when it actually arrives at the, um, at the licensee. Uh, If not, uh, then they would come in as a customer location. And so actually on this demo account, we have a distributor that's
2: set up as a customer location that I can show you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, great question. Uh, So yeah, let's actually take a look. We can start with, so
1: I just clicked on locations here. You can see all the locations uh, that are here. Uh, Oftentimes you already have a system that has all your locations, anywhere your customers, et cetera. And so you can always import them, um, whether that's an ERP uh, or something like uh, QuickBooks Online. So QBO, you can uh, do the import, get that going quickly. Uh, This here is our on-site storage for the brewery. I can see how many units I have on hand. Uh, I can very quickly see the summary. So I see, okay, how many clean quarters do I have? 213. So I see the capacity that I have uh, in clean quarters uh, very, very quickly. Um, I can also see uh, all the individual units that are in stock. Uh, I can see when everything was delivered. Um, I can see an entire summary of all the installable inventory that I have as well. Um, so for example, of the New England IPA, I have 13 uh, quarters
2: and 35 halves.
1: If I go into uh, a customer location, so let's actually go ahead and go to the distribution. Uh, so here's one of the distributors, oh, Upstanding Beer and Cider. Uh, here I see that, uh, so in this case, uh, this wholesaler, um, we just deliver. Uh, they don't do the scanning, but that's okay, at the very least, we know when uh, we've handed a keg over to them. Uh, so we see that we've you know, they currently have 52 units. Uh, we can quickly see the turnaround um, for uh, this. So how long does it take on average for a keg to get back to the brewery after we hand it over to, uh, to this wholesaler? And we also see what we're selling. And so uh, this is over the last 12 months and uh, by volume, by product. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, keg movement is very analogous to draft sales. So when you're looking at uh, you know which beers are moving the fastest at which locations, this is a really easy way to to see that visually. And there's also more in-depth reporting that you can see along that lines too.
0: You have a sense of um, you know the days at a location. So kind of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You, what do you tend to see there? Like you have 40 there? Is that like a yeah? yeah it's going to vary, but do you have a general average? Totally, yeah.
1: So what we see is uh, averages around uh, three weeks, I would say three to four weeks. Um, It varies depending also on geographies. Um, So, you know, like we work with breweries around, but North America, it's it's typically three weeks. Um, And I'll show you actually uh, shortly a report that we have that sort of highlights any kegs that have been gone for uh, over a month. Those are sort of the ones that you should start thinking about trying to get back, uh, because that's the biggest reason. The uh, Like you mentioned, kegs have legs. Uh, in most cases, they don't run away themselves. Uh, maybe a licensee is just trying to clean out uh, their own location. And just so if they see a keg that's been there for months on end, uh, they will try and take care of it themselves, and who knows how, <laughs> how they do that, so.
2: Awesome.
0: Yeah, we talk about like managing other assets. You know, this is similar to, I guess, again, those breweries that have accounts receivable. You know, you're trying to collect money from your account. This is, Mm -hmm. if you kind of look at it the same way, it's like, well, how long has that keg been there? How long should that keg be there? What can you do in order to get it back sooner? Because the sooner you get it back, you know, theoretically, the fewer kegs you need to buy. And the fewer you need to buy, the better your ultimately cash flow is going to look. So, exactly. No,
1: exactly then. Um, and what's uh, and what's interesting, too, is a lot of breweries actually are using kegs outside of just kegs uh, themselves. So we have uh, breweries who are tracking keg pumps, tap handles, uh, kegerators, um, and we actually have specific labels for those kind of equipment. So that way they can just do the scanning. It's the same thing. These are all pieces of um, inventory that you want back in the brewery at some point because there's, uh, yeah, uh, they are uh, capital
2: intensive. So.
1: Yeah, and I'll uh, quickly show you just what it looks like um, for a unit, uh, so a keg, and what kind of information you can see and some of the reports, and I'll close off with just showing you the scanning. Um, So this is an example of, this is a half barrel. We see that it's currently in storage, is marked as dirty. Here you can see what you can, um, uh, what kind of actions you can uh, make on the keg. 99% of the time, our breweries just use our scanning apps. Um, but here you can see you can market is as filled, uh, you can transfer to market as clean, and you can also mark it um, as requiring maintenance, uh, lost or stolen um, or out of service. So here, let's go ahead and actually mark it as clean. You'll see that you can do a standard clean or an acid wash, which you should do every five cycles. If I actually go ahead and do an acid wash. Um, and also when you're scanning with the app, uh, what's nice is that, um, not only can you scan multiple kegs at the same time, but you can also do multiple actions. So let's say I wanted to fill all these kegs and what are you are gonna do after you fill? You're probably gonna transfer them into cold storage. Instead of having to scan the kegs twice, you can just do a fill and transfer across all your kegs and then that just reduces the scan, uh, the scanning considerably. And here I can see who did what and when for the entire history, right? So here I just marked as clean uh, and I can see the entire history of the keg everything that happened to it from the beginning of time or somewhere shortly
2: thereafter, when they started using cake shoe. Any questions uh, from anyone on the call? I have a question. I was going to hold it yeah. till later, but maybe it's relevant for now is
0: I think for folks who are watching this are like, Oh, this, it's kind of, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. How do you, maybe just a real quick, mm-hmm. uh, how does, um, how does one interact with what does the process look like at ground level? So for example, yeah, you've got a fleet of kegs. Well, what are you know mm-hmm. by putting these stickers on everything? And then I go skip. Like how does that, how does this maybe just real quick setup work and then sort of the operation? Yeah. Of kegs can make kegs go out.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, so operationally, so what we'll do is yeah, we'll send you all the labels that you need um, for all your kegs and and usually you know a few extra just in case. Um, you put the labels on, uh, once they go on, they tend to stick on, uh, fairly well. And like I said, the heat, cold cost takes, they can go through everything, uh, without any issue. And, uh, once they're on the kegs, you scan them once to, uh, allocate to say, Hey, this keg that I'm scanning is a quarter barrel. And so you just put that into the system. You associate that specific ID, which is unique to your brewery. Um, so no, no one else can, can scan um, to that keg size, and you're off to the races. Uh, we work with the barista to figure out what are the ideal scanning points because you want something that doesn't interrupt your, uh, your operational flow. Um, and you. so you, it's a balance of how often do I scan? Uh, because you sort of want to minimize that to, to keep things easier? But you also want to maximize the kind of information that you, you receive. So case by case, we have breweries for example, they create storage locations for individual trucks because they do self-distro, fantastic. If that works for you, that works. Uh, whereas we have others that try to limit their scanning a bit further and then the, the scanning points are reduced a bit, so. Yeah, and what I'll actually do, um, just since we're on the topic, I'll quickly share my uh, phone screen and show you, hopefully this works. Okay. And uh, so you can see what the app actually looks like. Um, So, like I mentioned, we tried to make it uh, as easy as possible um, and, yeah, fairly uh, foolproof. So, here you open up the app, you see the options. um, You, yeah, you select sort of what you want to do. Let's go ahead and do a, like I mentioned, a fill in transfer. Okay. It'll open up the app, and you actually see it's scanned. both of those labels almost instantaneously. I actually have two labels here. Um, So it scans very, very quickly. Uh, You can press continue. In this case, I'm doing a fill and a transfer. Uh, So you can go ahead and select any product. Uh, If there's a batch associated uh, with it, you can select that as well um, and where you want to transfer to. And then you can go ahead and uh, fill and transfer. Or uh, let's say you are doing this scan in a cold room. And so a cold room you probably won't have any reception, or maybe you're in the middle of of nowhere, uh, which sometimes you're doing those further deliveries. You can just go ahead and save it as a draft and come back to it later. And so here we have that draft saved. Um, If you're trying to do the keg, uh, um, you're trying to to retain those kegs and you, you want to collect those kegs, so keg recovery, if your drivers are are running around. I think right now this is uh, signed in on a a Colombian brewery, Um, but you can actually go into the map and see what kegs are at that location. In this case, there's no kegs at this specific location. If there are any, uh, you can go in and uh, recover those
2: um, while you're there. I'll actually stop sharing and go back to here. Good,
0: we have a question in the chat. I think we have a question. Yeah, go ahead, Adrian.
1: Ah, yeah. So Ian's asking if I'm manually entering values for dropdown in product and locations. Uh, No, so the way that it works is you actually set up the product uh, and locations within the dashboard. So products are just beers. These are the beers that we have set up. Um, And so if you see when you're setting up a beer, you can also include things like life expectancy uh, so that uh, when you're actually filling uh, a product you know at what point that uh, shelf life uh, of the product is probably um, past its, or like one of the kegs past its shelf life. Um, so that's another benefit. Uh, and location, same thing, it's all set up through here. What's nice with the app, because the app knows what location you're, you're at, if you're delivering somewhere, it'll actually show you the locations that are closest to where you're delivering.
2: So it just makes selecting the, um, the locations a lot easier. A great question. And uh, yeah, the last thing I'll show
1: you is the pickup report. So this is almost like the keg recovery report. So like I mentioned, um, on average, you sort of would expect a keg to be at a licensee for,
2: let's say, yeah,
1: two to four weeks. Um, so that's what um, we uh, we have in the pickup report. Um, this is what we would consider low risk. And anything over a month is probably time for you to, uh, to consider picking it up. And so here we see all the locations that have had kegs for over uh, over a month. The breweries that we have that um, just like any system, any inventory tracking system, you get out of it what you put in. And so uh, if you want to actually keep uh, keg, uh, keg costs down, it is really um, important to do those pickups. So for example, yeah, the breweries that uh, utilize kegs and keep there's the lowest. A lot of them look at the stagnant keg list, so the kegs that have been out for over two months, and try to keep this down to zero. And more likely than not, if you're on the call, you probably have a few locations in mind where kegs keep disappearing from. Usually, this stagnant report will validate that. So you'll see, okay, in this case, day one distribution, um, which I think is, uh, yeah a, uh, a made-up distribution company uh, in Portland, but in this case, they're our trouble account. And so this sort of like validates that. And, and Ian, yeah, your question, um, any product inven- inventory systems or anything? Yeah, do you, exactly, you just enter you enter the product in the Cakeshoe app, um, but you can also do imports. Like I mentioned, if you already have a product list in an ERP
2: system, a lot of that, we can help you import, so. I'll stop sharing and I'll hand it back to you, Carrie. Excellent. All right. That's good stuff. Thanks, Adrian. Um,
0: Yeah, I've got a couple questions for you, but before I do that, um, anybody else here want to, uh,
2: or have any questions for Adrian? Yeah, so I added. Yeah, there's um, a few things. Uh, like I said, we uh, are just
1: one uh, solution, and so of course there's uh, we have our own bias. But in general, uh, when you're looking for any K tracking solution, a few things to, to keep in mind is um, compatibility with your existing processes. So uh, it gives you an opportunity to take that step back and think about how you're managing not only your kegs but production runs, logistics, etc. And it's important when implementing new things and taking that step to say, hey, I actually want to improve my keg management or operations that you might need to update some processes or, or, you know, write things down, put together an SOP, that kind of thing. Um, Same thing with ease of use of the software. The biggest thing that we see is if uh, your production staff don't like the idea of uh, working with an app, that might be um, that might be. Uh, clunky or difficult to use, they might not use it, and so if they don't use it, that sort of um, goes against the purpose of it. Um, same thing for scanning compatibility. Uh, so is that something that uh, is easily managed? Some kegs actually have uh, barcodes etched on, uh, which gives you that extra. Um, yeah, it gives you a step step forward uh, to make it a bit easier. And just pay attention to equipment costs. So uh, some software and some keg tracking options might require you to make an additional investment in whether it's scanning what equipment, new phones, new devices. Uh, so just something to, to pay attention to. Um, and in general, if if you decide to take the step and, and try to improve that with keg tracking or, or any keg management, uh, there's a few things that we've seen that help keep it successful. Um, because just like with any new processes, it, it can be easy to to get off the uh, fall off the rails a tiny bit. Um, first and foremost, making sure your team understands um, what is required of them um, and why it's it's a necessary step uh, for a lot of the reasons also Carrie mentioned uh, earlier on. Um, consistency, just like with anything, is key. And sometimes we've seen you know Ruri stumble as well. Uh, but the good thing is you can always pick back up. Uh, and so even if, uh, there's, let's say changes staff or anything, um, it's a lot easier to, uh, to do that, uh, when you have processes already uh, in place. Um, and like I mentioned, uh, it's, uh, the, the most, uh, important thing is you get out of any system what you put into it and so checking in on your keg fleet looking at some of the reports uh, that that the software might provide trying to do the analysis to see do i need to actually buy new kegs right now how are my operations doing will not only help your team stay sane it'll help you stay sane and and at the end of the day help you make uh, the best beer possible so um and i think there was a question for um, evidence. Yes. Uh, so there is evidence. Um, so breweries that are using keg So we have a few breweries who have been using cake shoe for years and over a span of, uh, you know, three, four plus years, uh, their overall, uh, keg loss over that entire period, uh, has been, uh, around 2%. Um, we have, yeah, quite a few breweries who maintain annual keg loss to under 1% per year, uh, which is great. Um, and it's, again, it's, uh, it's a byproduct of, of the software, but but also the processes and
2: process changes in, in place. So, um, and that's just with QR code uh, tracking. But yeah, great question. So, Adrian, you left it hanging out. You may have mentioned it, but I
0: got to I gotta emphasize this. So I'm a finance guy, CFO, yeah. right here about to. So, you know, when when I'm looking at um opportunities like this, kind of the first or second question is all right, okay, is it relevant? Is this a is this a solution to a problem that I have? Oh, yeah. Um, what is the potential ROI return on investment? So I'm gonna repeat some things and you tell me if I if I got this right or not. So earlier you said you know kind of on average 5 to 10% keg loss is about what you see. So and then here your last bullet point says breweries that implement this uh successfully reduce annual keg loss to under 1%. So I guess to kind of like take the the far ends of the spectrum here. If you're if you're a brewery and you're seeing 10% and you can get it to 1%, I think the thing that I would do is I'd look at I'd look at my balance sheet and would say, what do I have for keg assets? That's well, a hundred grand. I don't know. What, look at your balance sheet and I'm losing 10 grand a year. Right. And I can reduce that to one grand. That's 9,000 a year just for doing this. Okay. That's, that sounds pretty good. If, if you're 150, 200, obviously the spread's going to get bigger. So first of all, do I have, am I sort of understanding your, your data?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's right.
0: Okay. So I think yeah. that would be maybe a useful, First step for folks that are on the call is like well what do you what do you have and the other thing is you know we do a lot of these sort of simple trackers that we put it we talk about like what are the drivers of your you know the key drivers of your, of your financial outcomes and we can we can break it into different buckets you know cash flow has you know x number of drivers and so forth and um, so i think looking at this like what is what is one of the drivers of you know your 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 bottom line it's like not losing as many kegs so you can kind of look at it i think from that standpoint it's really having a good mechanism to uh to track this stuff so maybe a starting point look at tracking what your keg loss is now because i i I suspect that a lot of folks just don't know you know like i thought we have kegs i guess we don't have them so maybe that's a key a component of this is you can kind of benchmark where you are now um you know it may be hard to do that um but uh, maybe an important step in the process. Like, well, where are we now? What are we having for loss and what improvements might we make with a
2: system like this? So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and one thing that, that we have seen uh, in the field for breweries who don't have uh, any systems in place is it's sort of the um, idea of settling with a keg loss that uh, they're fine with, or maybe that they, uh, they haven't fully, um, yeah, taken in. And, and what happens in those situations is exactly that. They see it, okay, we're there, we just keep losing kegs and, and they keep on buying kegs, even though the kegs are still recoverable. And so it, it sort of becomes a vicious cycle where it's like, not only have you lost the kegs that you're buying, you're also sort of adding fuel to the fire by buying more kegs. Um, and so it's, uh, yeah, for something that's supposed to be a, a sustainable way to, you know, to move beer around, Um, you know, we're, we're definitely (laughs) huge proponents of, of keeping that under control.
0: Yeah. These kegs last, I I forget the stats on it, but they can last decades and decades if properly maintained and, and tracked. So, yeah, I mean, you, you get that investment and it's gonna, it's a pretty remarkable, um, useful life. So, but the tracking is super important. So, um, all right. So we'll, we'll wind down with this. If folks want to check out kegshoe.ca, there's case studies there um if you want to check this out a demo uh, maybe adrian you can speak to that if anybody listening is interested now or in the future wants to do a demo what's the best way for them to connect with you on that
1: yeah easiest way uh feel free to send me an email at uh, adrian.ca or, or reach out um yeah on our on our website uh and then uh yeah i think we included it on there yeah thank you again carrie for uh yeah helping us to do the the webinar. And if you find us through here, let us know. Um, We're happy to to provide a uh, discount for for any new joiners.
0: That's awesome. Adrian, thanks so much. Thanks, everybody, for joining today. Um, If there's any last questions, pop it in the chat or unmute. Um, But with that, we'll look for an email. You'll get a link to the replay. Um, You'll get a link to the presentation deck. And uh, some other uh, goodies that we'll have for you. I'll, have, I'll send along that, that spreadsheet that I promised earlier so you can check that out. But uh, awesome, thanks, guys. I think it's a super important topic. I don't think it's talked about enough, so I'm glad we had the opportunity to do that today. Uh, again, I think breweries are looking for any opportunity they can be to, to be more efficient and/ or save. You know, that's a question I get, probably you know, it's, it's in the top two or three. like how do, how do I reduce expenses? And this is really one way to do it is manage this asset you know, do the math for yourself, track kind of where you are at keg loss and where you might be able to be and, and see what that number is for you. So um, excellent. Have a great uh, rest of your day, everyone. Spring's here. Get out there and enjoy it. Adrian, thanks so much for your for your time and uh, your expertise and your information. We really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you, Gary. And thank you, everyone, for the, for the great questions as well. Much appreciated.
0: Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.